between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. can't appreciate you enough. My heart of any machine to vinny machine to finish machine to carry all sets of sin in machine to finish my heart of a shit to find a matter. Matty vinny machine to father with him. My citizen of my machine to find a matter here. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. With meekness of heart, we come tonight again. We humble ourselves before you tonight. We submit to you. We ask, Father, that you take all preeminence. Take all preeminence. Father, we put our heart in order. We humble our heart to hear from you. We ask, Father, that you would show us mercy tonight and speak to us in the name of Jesus. Father, show mercy. Show us your mercy. Show us your mercy tonight. We ask for your mercy. We are in need of your mercy. Show us your mercy tonight. In the name of Jesus. Father, as we gather here tonight, we ask, Lord, that you will meet the expectations of our heart. Father, let the expectations of our heart be met tonight by your words in the name of Jesus. Father, we humble ourselves again and again and again. We can't... We know that we can't receive anything from you except by meekness. We ask, Lord, that the heart attitude, the heart meekness needed to partake of your blessing tonight. Father, you will show us mercy to find this meekness and align in our heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray. We pray tonight that you will give us the entrance of thy word. Let light shine. Because your word is the entrance of thy word. Give it light and give it grace even to the humble. To the humble. We ask, Lord, that the, the right humility tonight Amen. to receive from you. Our heart will be decked with humility in the name of Jesus. Amen. Help us, Father. Help us by your mercy. By your mercy. By your mercy tonight. By your mercy to access your word in the name of Jesus. 
But as we go into the word, I ask, Father, that you would help me tonight to speak your heart, to minister your word in the name of Jesus. Father, help, help my vessel. I am weak. I come to you. I submit under you, under your spirit, under the spirit of the living God, under the head of the church. I submit under you, Holy Spirit. I yield my members to you tonight. I ask that you help me. Help me to find your thought. Give me boldness to speak your word. Give me entrance. Do not hide yourself from us tonight. Oh, my heart of enemies, you that hide yourself from Jacob, do not hide yourself from us tonight. He who hides his face from Israel. Show us mercy tonight. Shine your light. Shine your face. Cause your face to shine on us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers tonight. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I welcome everyone here tonight. Amen. Just say hello to your neighbor. Hello. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us are happy to be here tonight? Amen. Um, we are many tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's open to the book of First Peter, uh, chapter two. This is uh, where we stopped on Saturday, and uh, I think we'll just continue from there. Um, uh, amen. Hmm. I think uh, I think I li- I like it if I can see more faces all, all, all together here. So I don't know. Amen. See that I'm not I'm not talk- I'm not talking to I'm not, I'm not facing just the. In blank space, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm just going to read uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that she may grow thereby. I read from verse 1 and then verse 2 again. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, 
and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. That she may grow thereby. Amen. Um, the Lord really helped us um, on Saturday to just by mercy um, find direction here. Amen. And um, first of first before um, I guess the Lord will help me. I just I felt there's still a lot more regarding that aspect of desiring the milk. Um, I don't know if the Lord is done speaking in that area, but um, I just wanted to quickly put some balance to some of the things that were said on Saturday. Uh, you know, if, uh, from the from the you know speaking from the point where we are speaking from on Saturday. Now I know it's very easy to quickly, you know, based on what uh, was said, uh, can quickly start you know disregarding the things that um, the church is meant to do. Amen. Um, because it's easy to to easily see gaps. And because you're seeing gaps in, like, like I mentioned, because I was talking about the sincere milk, right? Uh, because you see gaps, you know, it, it's easy to quickly just shift your heart away from um, the, the church itself or the body. But um, the speaking is not to get us to disregard the body. Whichever church we are attending or we found ourselves in, if if they have sincere milk or not, or whether they get it right in an area or not, it's not the end of the world. Amen. Um, so, and just because maybe you see a gap doesn't mean uh, you know begin to uh, uh, you know there's a way there's a way your heart can just shift, and then when it shifts, you begin to see all the all the all you just begin to see is all the bad things in the church mm-hmm. you're attending. But it's not meant to be that way. What is said is meant to encourage us to you know, begin to you know, add to what we are. Also, what we are receiving in the church, right? We can add to that from listening to agents. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, still be, I mean, we really, really believe that the church is the primary place mm-hmm. that God has set for growth, Right? And everybody should find um, themselves, or everybody should find their uh, they should find their their place in the body in the church. Amen. Mm-hmm. So um, don't begin to now start judging your pastor that my pastor is not is not teaching me sincere milk. Mm, no, uh, that 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 attitude in itself could be a, an hindrance to. To journey and to growth, Amen. Um, what what the word was meant to do is to to open us up, to enlighten us, to know that there is a place where you can find sincere milk. And as you are finding the sincere milk, and as you are growing, you can be, you know, you can you, sh- you should be functioning in the body in the church, so that your growth as well can be of good. Um, use in the church. Amen. 
emina mustafina matika enetofia edima edinasi imakufe festo sima eprofa ahanu huni maka eduna eduna amen um no um as that tongue was just before the tongue came i think the lord just spoke to my heart that the 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 milk or that you are learning the sincere milk you are gaining the growth you are having there is there is a place for use and the church itself is also part of where you ought to use your development or where you can also exercise that which you are learning i mean if you are serving in the body you would always find opportunity to always find opportunity to express your growth amen um even though maybe you, know, <laughs> you may think you have you, know, you have you have knowledge and understanding more than many people but um your art posture is not meant to be like that but your focus should just be about growth sincerely now you and you notice the word here also says desire the sincere milk amen right now the sincere milk ought to put your heart into sincerity amen so you, you have to be sincere now you can't have a sincere milk right with a very insincere heart right you must be just just if you want if because it's possible to drink it's to drink sincere milk but not use sincere milk right but what god has designed is that when you receive sincere milk you use sincere milk meaning if you or let me put it this if you would use sincere milk your heart will be sincere now the best the best way to grow is to always have a sincere heart towards everyone amen. amen so if you are serving in the church make sure that your heart is sincere towards what you are doing amen don't 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 have partial sincerity amen, amen. don't have partial sincerity uh, whereby you know maybe because maybe they are getting it right here look let me let me let me do well because you know they are missing it here then you know let me just be anyhow it's, if if you are like that you won't really or you won't really really grow well right or the there will be there will be fault in the foundation right which over over years over time could hinder the journey amen and when it hinders the journey what will, what will it hinder growth amen praise the lord so it it's very important that we pay attention to our growth and how we can pay attention to our growth is to make sure that what we what we are using what we are drinking is both sincere and we use it sincerely amen we use it sincerely and it's actually this area of use that i i, I don't know maybe i'll talk about it today but that's what i have in mind um but no now but i'm seeing this this area of desiring and i think the way the meeting started i think i'm already in 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 that line amen, amen. so make sure that 
um, when you are serving in church, uh, no, because now, you, like we've said, we've heard that oh, sincemic now, sincemic the best sincemic is again. No, not that we say that now. No, just be running away from church and then start behaving anyhow. So please do not do that. Make sure you serve as you are drinking. Sincemic, you know where to find it. Make sure that it is working inside you, and the church is a place for you to exercise those things. Amen. Now, it is. It will be difficult to really, really grow outside the body. Amen. I mean, it is. It is a lot. How do I put it? The, the, the easiest place to see the expression of life or, or what you are learning is actually in the church. Amen. Um, when, you, when you are in the church, you have all kinds of people. Right? Now, the easiest place to get, to get offended is also in the church. Right? The easiest place to practice everything you are using is in the church. So God, the, the church environment, the way God set it up is such, is such that if, if you apply yourself properly in the body, in the church, mm. you will grow well. Mm. Amen. Amen. You will grow well. And what, what really, really stunned growth for us as believers is, I'll put it, is our attitude in the church. When our attitude is not right, it's not set okay, we may not fully grow, right? And it is later, later with hindsight, you're not beginning to see, ah, that area, I could have grown no, this way. Maybe this situation, that situation, but I didn't. Why? Because we just didn't see it then. So if we are wise in this season, we will be able to apply ourselves, learn you know, the sincere milk, and then apply ourselves in the body, in the church. You know, don't don't get offended at your at your pastor, and don't 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 also think because you now know what sincere milk is. Maybe your pastor doesn't know what sincere milk is, and then start seeing your pastor somehow. That that will be deadly, and deadly to your growth. Why? Because if you are if you put yourself like that under. It means that, oh, I mean, why am I even saying that? Because you, you won't really be under when your heart disposition is like that. Amen. Because you, you ought, if, when you are in a church, you ought to submit to the leadership. You submit totally to them. If they say, uh, we are reading, today we are reading John 3.16, don't feel, because you know that, no, now, we know more than John 3.16 now. Why are we reading John 3.16? Don't feel that... <laughs> They are weak, or they don't know. They don't know much. Know that they say we should read John three sixteen. You carry your Bible, and you read John three sixteen sincerely, yeah. right? You do as you are instructed, not um, wavering or you know. There's a way that you can even do what you are instructed with, with guile. Don't do it all. Make sure in your heart of heart, in your disposition, you you are not seeing. Make sure even if. Something is staring up in your heart. Make sure you deal with it. You address it. Ah, see this heart. I, I will overcome you. I will not apply myself under this way. So make sure that you apply yourself well. You have the right heart attitude so that you can grow well. Amen. Amen. Um, so let me uh, read again. So as newborn babes, 
desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And on Saturday, the Lord helped us to really, really talk about the sincere, the sincere milk. And one of the things we found with sincere milk is that uh, sincere milk is what is for growth. Amen. Anything outside sincere milk, we would have stunted growth. We can't grow with anything that is not sincere. Amen. So say so with desire, the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow. And that area called desire, and you know, when we were praying, that, that area was you know, quite interesting, right? Because it's, it's, it's not saying that as newborn babes, you automatically have the desire, the sincere milk of the word. Amen. There's <laughs> that area of desire actually talks about our own interest. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it's possible that as newborn babes, we may not actually desire sincere milk. We can desire so many things. Amen. There are so there are so many things we can desire. That is not sincere milk. Now, if you if you not begin to if you not begin to look, what can I desire that is not sincere milk? Very easy. When the things you are looking for does not tally with you growing, right? Or when you look at it and you look at all the what comes to you, you look at what you are doing and what you only see is gain. There is you can't you are not you are not desiring the sincere milk because the sincere milk. Even though there is so many things that we learn in milk, that God can address in milk, in the purest of it all, right? When you look at it, really, what God wants to do with still is your soul, even in milk. It's not only in meat that we have, we have growth inwardly alone. It is in milk that they actually position you for inward work. Which means to some degree, they must have been moving you inwardly in a way. And part of moving you inwardly is the giving of the Holy Ghost to you. Amen. Amen. Now because what Holy Ghost begins to do is it then begins to change how you process things. When you are, when, when you are without Holy Ghost, you don't I don't know how to put it, but I don't think we think too much inward. Why? Because even though we may, there's something called the word called sixth sense, it's not sixth sense, it's just our spirit. That sixth sense is the spirit of man. That's what they call, that's what they call, that's what they call sixth sense. It's not, there's not any sixth sense. Or, or they, they call it that inward tingling or inward feeling or just my gut. It's not your gut, it's your spirit. And it's so funny that even in, I don't know how God does it, or how God usually do these things, whereby even a non-believer, God, no God can actually trigger the spirit to be there. That dead spirit, dead though, there's a way that dead spirit can actually pick something that is not right somehow. Or maybe something, ah, something is off. Something is off. Oh, should I really go ahead and do this? Or, I think there's more to this thing. Maybe I should go and check and ask if everybody is okay. 
So even a dead spirit, to some degree, still has a measure. I don't know if I should call it life, right? Still has a measure of just a response to spiritual things, because the spirit is actually spiritual. You are you are a spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit, uh, or let me say the Holy Spirit, the our spirit can pick things, right? But when Holy Ghost comes, He heightens that. It awakes the spirit of man so that it is more alive. Now, it's now more alive to God. Before, it is dead to God. When it says it's dead to God, that doesn't mean it is dead uh, to other things. It is dead to God, but alive to so many other things. Amen. It, like, it is alive to um, the desire for money. It is alive to the desire for fame. This alive to the desire for recognition. So many things that the spirit is alive for. Amen. So, um, it says, A newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the world that she may grow thereby. So, sincere milk is designed for the growth of a soul. And it is also targeted inward because everything that the sincere milk is going to uh, awake in us is actually towards things that we can use inwardly. Why? Because most of the, one of the, one, or let me just put this, one thing that milk is there to install really is fate. Right? It's there to install fate. Although, this fate cannot be, you know, broken down into many, 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 many teachings that you will learn in doctrine. Amen? Which will now accumulate to our growth. Amen? So in doctrine, in doctrine is the, the, the doctrine, so the doctrine that milk gives is there to install faith. Amen. Now the scripture is not telling us here that we should desire the sincere milk of the word. But because there has to be interest in us. There has to be an inward walking. Why? And here's the question, why will they so desire the sincere milk? And the answer is given to us here, very straightforward. The reason why a soul should desire the sincere milk is because so that it can grow. That's simple, not too difficult, no other no additions to it. It's just so that it can grow. If a soul does not desire the sincere milk, it can't go forget about it. It won't grow. It won't grow. Amen. It won't grow. Say. So, as newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. That ye may grow thereby. And growth, growth, we don't want to talk about growth. There's process. Right? Growth is addition, an addition, an addition, an addition. Right? It is, you, you, you don't call don't call something that is set. Is this set I should you do? I mean, something that is, I mean, I'm looking for something I could use. Mm, something that is fixed, something that is, for, let's say, can't call Okay. You can't call a you know the Christmas the Christmas tree that we use that a real tree, right? 
if you can't you can't cut it when it's like two months old, right? When you cut it, you don't you won't you can't you can't even have a Christmas tree. Do you, do you even see it in two months, right? Now what you, what we cut, we put in the house that we decorate is actually a comp, is, is is a full product, right? Something that is ready to be convert, to be used, right? So. What got that pine tree there is growth. That means when they, because what they planted is a, it's a seed. They planted the seed. The seed germinates. Then when it germinates, it didn't just, it, as, as is, you know, you, you, you plant the seed, let's say you wait for five weeks and then you slept, woke up the next morning and then you, you are seeing a very tall tree already grown, ready to be cut for, for decoration. It doesn't work that way. Well, you see the tree, it comes out a little bit. Very tiny, without strength. Very, very, very small. Then, over the days, you then begin to see the tree begins to grow. It gets, it gets a little bit taller. It gets a little bit taller. And as it's going taller, you notice that the small stem is getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Then it grows. Then some, it gets fatter. And then it grows and grows. And then, after years, you now see a very tall pine tree. Now, a foolish person would just come and just see that. I'd be like, complete product. Yeah, hey, you know, this thing just arrived there in a day. No. The, it took years for that tree to get to where it is. Amen. Amen. So also is our journey in the spirit. It is, there is process to it. Amen. Amen. And what is the process? It means you learn something. When you learn something, then you use it. Then you learn, then what you have, you add to it. Then you use it. Then you add more, then you use it. As, as you are doing that, what you are doing is you are you're actually growing a tree. Amen. Maybe today I learned about trusting God. Now you've added something to that tree, right? Then as the tree begins to trust God, you notice that that, that tree will be strong in that phase of growth, right? Then later, the tree learns about um, what God has done for us. You know, salvation, whoever believes shall be saved. Then he's saved. Amen. Then when he's saved, he knows that, ah, this is what salvation is about. Okay, when I'm saved, there's something called sanctification. Okay, what is sanctification? Ah, okay, I've learned sanctification. All these things, as you are learning, you are adding to your knowledge, right? And you are not just adding to your knowledge, you are adding to your person spiritually. Because whatever you know must be established in your heart. That is, that is actually how we grow as believers. Anything that you know that has not been established in your heart is not yet what you know. It's, it's only what you have an idea of. Amen. And we, you can't, you can't, what, what you have an idea of is meant for use. Right? But you can't assume you have used it when you only have an idea about it. Amen. If and here's how it is. If, you have, if something is given to you, or maybe you learned something in scripture, 
and you don't use it for years, the less you, the less you use it, eh, the the easier it is for it to leave you. When they now check you, they look at your person. They notice that that thing is not in you. They now ask you, what is sanctification? You, you don't even know. They quickly give an idea. Hey, well, sanctification is that, you know, we are, God will clean us and help us. And after you've answered, you, you, you now check yourself. Ah! This thing that I just said, I don't think I know it too. Why? Because you yourself, you don't even believe what you are saying. <laughs> Why? As believers, we should get to the point whereby we believe exactly what we are saying. Amen. Amen. If you say that the Lord is good, then when I check you, you must know without any doubt, without any confusion, that the Lord is good. Amen. It's not that when something happens, and then all of a sudden, ah, but God, I thought they said you are good. Now, what is happening there? I mean, we, we have phases where we say, okay, maybe we are weak in faith. The reason we are weak in faith is because that thing, we, we don't really believe it. Because if we believe it, it's not God. They say you are good is the question. We'll be like, God, okay, why did you do this? Maybe because a heart that believes, the response is all things work together for good. But a heart that does not believe will be like, ah, God, why did you do this to me? Amen. Amen. But that's not what, that's not how a soul should behave. Right? And it's just a sign that there is, there is a gap in understanding. I mean, that doesn't mean that, let's say something terrible happened, doesn't mean that the person can't be sad. I mean, you can be sad, but one thing will be sure, your faith. Your faith will be sure. I know, I'm, of course. So, like, without any question, you won't even doubt, oh, God, does that mean that you are not good? Yeah, yeah. No, none of that. The heart is too sure. Yeah. Then the heart will just, all the heart will just look for is, okay, Lord, ah, what, what good? What good is coming out of this? Why? Because the scripture says, all things work together for good. Amen. Amen. So, as I was saying, the, the, the growth in a soul is, is by process. Mm. So we should not feel because we don't have something or we have not known something mm. that as a result we are condemned. No. Mm. Right? We shouldn't feel that way. We should know that everything is process. Mm. Everything is process. Because okay. no, there's, that, there's that tendency to... Say, ah, I don't know this thing in my, in my foundation. I don't know that thing in my foundation. Oh my God, Lord, my own, no. Ah, my life, I'm gone. That's not, the, that's not the expected response. The expected response is, oh, I don't know this. That is meekness speaking. Okay, let me go learn it. Then when I learn it, I will respond. Then what happens? You begin to use what you are learning. Amen. Amen. Now, okay, I've talked about process, right? So everything is process. The process that uh, we are going through will make sure that things are added to us from time to time. Amen. So when you, when you learn something, you learn and you add. When you notice that something is missing, then you go learn it as well. Amen. 
Now, it says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I've, and I've said that growth, growth is by process. Amen. Amen. I don't know if I'll get to the aspect of use today. But we'll see. Amen. Amen. And the reason is because I feel I feel I've not really, really ended that aspect of the word because we ought to actually move into prayer. Amen. It's just that the Lord adjunct us and was talking to us specifically about desiring the milk of the word because it is very essential. And I think one thing that God wants, just wants to establish here is the desire for growth generally. Just to desire growth. Amen. Now, if we desire growth, whatever is stopping us from desiring will be dealt with. Amen. If, like I said on Saturday, what Satan is fighting is our growth. What Satan is wrestling, warring with every day, every moment is our growth. There's nothing that Satan hates more than a growing believer. No matter how small in faith you are, if Satan can seize that his soul is growing, Satan will do every single thing it can to discourage that heart to stop that heart from going, it will bring all kinds of weapons. Guilt, uh, not, just, not only guilt, was condemnation. Yeah. Eh? And the moment you give in to that, that's exactly what you want. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the moment you give that, you focus more on that than you actually growing. If it's not, well, like I said, it can be problems. It can bring situations, all kinds of things, just to make sure that it wrestles with our growth. Amen. Amen. Now, if, okay, I guess, I guess I'll get there. If a soul will grow, what are the things that soul needs? Very simple. A, a thriving prayer life, right? And a thriving word life. Amen. Amen. And... And an attitude for learning. Amen. But most importantly, the lifeline of a believer, word and prayer. I know we've talked a lot about the word. Amen. But I would just talk about it a little bit. And then I think I think I think maybe then I can move into the use. Amen. So I'll just quickly go to. Um, I'll quickly go to Psalm one. Amen. Psalm one. I'm pretty sure we all know this. Uh, this Bible passage, and we can recite it off head. Blessed the man. Don't we? Yeah. This is one of the first, this is one of the scriptures that heaven bombarded my head with. When I started loving scripture. Amen. I, now I'm even thinking about it. I was wondering why would they, why would they be doing that? I mean, 
Because one of the things that I discovered was, wow, the scripture is so interesting. I should give myself to it. The scripture became so interesting. So it's as if I discovered another world where things are. I'm like, ah, so there's something like this inside here. And the feeling I'm getting while, while, while reading scripture is this, or let me say the pleasure I get is, is if not much more than the pleasure I get from other things I used to do that I liked. And, but this one was even way much more. ah, man, to me, it's as, it's as if I found something, I found a treasure out of this world. Amen. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Amen. Nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. Amen. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. So, but his delight is in the is in the law of the Lord, and in the in His law that He meditate day and night. Amen. Amen. See, see, see this, see these two things. First, delight. Two, meditate. Amen. But His delight is in the law. Of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord here is also can be can be interpreted as the word of the Lord. Now, this law here, and don't forget that this is Psalm, right? This is the Old Testament. Now, when you hear the law, sometimes in the Old Testament, what is referring to is actually the word of God. Now, the word of God is what the priest handles, right? That it speaks to the people. Now, the people ought to be hearing that word every day. They ought to hear the word. They ought, and, and one of the things that they should have is the delight in the law. Why? Because they should say to them what is written therein. Um, they should desire it so that they are reminded of what the law speaks about. Now, the law to them then is their own scripture. See, everything you are reading today, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? Then Genesis, Exodus. Of course, they don't have Genesis and Exodus. What they have is the law, right? If you would, if you will, ah, well, in lit, in very simple terms, if you will interpret the law, because I mean, if you want to actually x-ray, 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 it goes beyond just the scripture, right? But let's just stay there for now that the law talks about scripture because what they are talking about is Israel delighting in the law, reading it, and they. And one thing they do that time, you notice, in that time, not all of them have access to the word, right? The priest, only the priest, right? Because the mouth of the priest keeps knowledge, right? That is part of the um, responsibility of a priest. Now, 
It is out of the mouth of the priest that the word comes forth. Then what happens to everybody that does not know the that does not have access to the law? They have to be meditating to ensure that they know and remember what the Lord says. Anybody that does not meditate on it, what happens? Is set to forget. It's set to forget. Now, you, you cannot tell me, you know, you can, you can then see some attitudes in those Israelites. You can tell who is meditating and who is not meditating. Almost all of them. But some, some, some of them have, they have attitude towards, the, there's, a, there's an attitude towards the word that they have, like Eliezer. Yeah? Imagine when you saw Israel misbehaving. It was it's the he had the jealousy of the Lord. He carried spear and then he struck those people that were misbehaving. And then because of that, the Lord was pleased with him. Uh, that's that's the person that actually knows the law. So it's not just it goes beyond just reading the law now. That law, if you check it, is in his heart. Because it is already affecting his conscience, it's already affecting his judgment. Amen. Now, this word ought to have the exact same effect. Amen. It ought to have the exact same effect. When you read this word, it should affect your conscience. It should affect your judgment. But how will, it, how will that happen if we don't actually delight in the law or in the word? Or if we don't meditate on the law? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hi. I don't know. I don't like when I'm rushing. I don't like when I'm rushing. But I'll try. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And it shall be, he said, and it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Said the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see, it says that, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. Who are the ungodly here? They are those that the scripture was referring to earlier. It says, blessed man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of the scornful. So, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the ungodly are children of wrath. They are cursed children. Right? But he who his delight is in the law is blessed. So blessed is the man. Right? Blessed is the man. 
So which means when you just read Bible, you are blessed. Eh? Just by reading scriptures, you're blessed. We may not, we may not, we may not, <laughs> we may not feel it or see how blessed we are by just reading scriptures. Because if God will actually bless you with heavenly blessings, that heavenly blessing needs to connect scripture inside you. Abby, yes, do you know there's a way things come? Eh? There's a way things come. And to us, it might be so insignificant. You know the way we talk about God's blessing, maybe anointing just came upon me and then the Lord just began to speak to me, right? Anointing came upon me, the Lord just began to speak to me about certain things in my life. The Lord instructed me, the Lord instructed me. How did you think that happened? How? Because number one, God will never speak to you mm. eh, outside of the word. Mm. Mm. Right? If God will quicken you, he will quicken you through the word. Yeah. will quicken you through the word. And for me, I did not start, well, I was hearing God voice, God's voice, but it was too faint. I was too unsure. I have no, I have I was so unsure about who's talking to me until I began to read the Bible. Then scripture began to come alive. Then the same way Holy Ghost quickens scripture is the same way God begins to speak. So it's very easy to tell God is speaking. Ah, God is speaking to me. Why? Because there's a lot, even if it doesn't lift directly. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. I love you. Right? God can put work, that, you know, there's, okay, the reason for the placement of scripture in you is to install layers of judgment. Now, when you read scripture, right, it is not designed for you to just read and just be amused and then disappear, Right? The intent is that when you read scripture, right, the, 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 uh, the word and the power in the scripture should actually enter into you. Then when it enters into you, it begins to put in place layers of judgment. Amen. To some, you know, imagine, imagine that shall not steal. Eh? Let's say somebody that knows, I know an unbeliever knows that it's bad to even steal. But there's a reason why an unbeliever knows it's bad to steal. It is because, in a way, the law of the Lord has moved in through the natural life, in a way. Right? Everybody now knows that it is bad to steal. But when you trace that, that nature, that knowledge, that, ah, when you trust it, you will literally find its way back into scriptures. Mm. Why? Because men that God has led, mm. right? They've established, they've established, uh, what do I put? They've established judgment. They've established almost inside culture, right? They've brought out that life, which they gain from hearing God into culture. Mm-hmm. So that culture, you know, 
when you, when, when you see things in culture, it's actually mm-hmm. men that install it there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, before all of us became what we are today, God has used some men to instill some righteousness. Yeah. Right? Into, and even let's say, okay, you, you can't even think of somebody. It's very easy. Go back to Adam. Adam must have thought his two children the right way. Now, the life in Adam did not just die. It is in man, but that life, the standard is just getting lowered as generation passes. Even till today, everybody knows it's about to steal. And I don't think that thing, you can ever erase that thing. The only way that can erase that thing is when the culture, fully, all of us, fully believes it is okay to steal. Then you won't have police anymore. Even the, the, the culture, everything, it's against it. You have police. It's against the law. If you steal, you go to jail. It is rebated into, you can't just take it away. But that thing you see there is actually God's life being made manifest somehow. So you can see that even if Satan, eh, or you will see that the way the life of Satan is perpetrating in our recent time is that you begin to see that the laws of God that has been installed into nature, into communities, Satan begins to fight it. Begin, what he's trying to do is to erase it. Then what, once you erase it, forget it. The, the whole community is gone. Nature gone. We are just gone. Amen. Amen. But let me quickly come back here because of time. So blessed is the man. Right? Now, w- let's, let's keep the aspect. They say we walk not. Because they are saying that, uh, okay, you are blessed if you don't walk in this area. But if you do this, you are blessed. Now, what, what are they talking about? It says, but is the light is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, does it meditate day and night? How do you know that somebody is delighted in the law? Is that when you, when you think about scripture, you are excited. You are happy. You love it. Not that when you think of scripture, the first thing is, ah, I'm going to, it's going to take me time to read this thing. Oh. Or the, at, the, at the first exposure of scripture to you, the first thought is, ah, I'm so tired. I don't have time to think about this thing. Amen. It says, and it shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever it doeth shall prosper. Amen. So whatsoever it doeth shall prosper. I mean, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to because I mean I think it's even hard in my mouth to say. I mean you can't just say just by reading Bible, you just prosper. You can't say just that. Okay, I read John today. I read this as a, as a result of that, I'm prospering. There's a lot they are saying here. It said, and it shall it, said it shall be like. It said, okay, let me let me read this. Said, but his delight is in the law, and in his law that he meditates day and night. Uh-huh. Because when it does that, there's something that will do 
to the soul. And then it says, And it shall be like a tree planted by the river, because the word itself is water, right? Planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, because it is by the water. Of course, what removes leaves from trees is when they are dry, right? When drought eats a tree, it begins to fall off. Just imagine when we are nearing when we are nearing winter, it's almost the same effect. Why? Because the water in the soil is freezing up, right? So the moisture is no longer moving as it should. Therefore, the nutrient that the tree should get is no longer flowing. Then what happens? Tree begins to lose its leaf in order to save nutrients so that it does not die. Amen. So, Gone. The, the attitude towards the word, and I think maybe maybe I'll just today's the day I would cross over from word to prayer. Amen. The delight should be in the law. We should have delight in the law. Our our response to the word should be with delight. When we hear the word, we should be happy. We should be excited. Amen. Now, to connect this aspect of prosperity, I think let me read Joshua 1. I will soon I will soon end today. It's almost an hour. Oh, it's actually an hour and a little bit. Amen. Amen. Joshua one, I believe verse eight. I read it said this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Say, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt shall thou have good success. Amen. Say the book of this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now you see there's something about there's something about meditating or meditation concerning the word that is very, very essential. Amen. Medita- meditating on the word is is God's way. Or, let me put it, is, is, is man's way of moving into the thoughts of God. Amen. Amen. Now, if God, if God, or let me put it this way, God has a secret. This secret, he has installed it in the word. For you to get it, you actually have to meditate on it. When it comes to God speaking to you, it's actually true meditation. It is not true study. Amen? It is not true reading. 
It is true meditation. You notice that when you are reading, right, or when you are studying the word, what you are actually using is the knowledge that has been installed by meditation. Amen. When you read Bible or you read scripture, you actually read with understanding. You notice that when you are reading it, you don't, when you say, okay, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, when you are reading those, all these little, little simple things, notice that as you are reading it, you are trying to make sense of it with our natural sense. But if you have understanding, the way you read it begins to change. How? When you read now, after the Moses' death, what you think of is actually the understanding you have concerning that scripture, not just what you are reading. Although where we start from is just reading, 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 reading because we don't have access into the word, right? But as the Lord, like I said, everything is about growth, it's about process, right? When you are reading it, it is not a waste. God, you are having treasures inside you that God can use. Amen? He says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And that is, I think that's where I want to transition us from word to um, prayer. Right? Why? Because I think, I think what I wanted to just settle on is the difference between, because we need to know the difference between just reading, right? Difference between studying and difference between meditation. Amen. You notice, and I I think I need to use scripture to separate this. I mean, reading. Reading is almost assumed in scriptures. Right? You notice that they say, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. Right? What does that mean? If it will not depart out of thy mouth, it means that you must have read it, you must know it, so that you can say it. Amen. Now, which means that it must constantly be in thy mouth. I don't think I don't think it's it is wrong, right? I don't think it is wrong. If everything you are dealing with in life, every single thing, right? Your natural response to it is the word. If, it's a typical example. If somebody have a headache now, eh? the first thing we think of is, I have a headache. Right? The first thing I think of is, I am sick. Right? But you can be in such a way that even though you are sick, you say, I'm strong. Or before you even open your mouth and say, I'm sick, you've already prayed. But when you pray, you have to pray by the word. Then you must have known what the word says about sickness. Right? Of course, that does not mean that maybe... Later, if you want to use that view, you know, use it. But I mean, your first response should not be, let me go and use drug. Before you carry drug to go, how do you know that drug will work? Well, of course, you know, because we all believe in science, right? 
What if the issue is not something that that drug can fix? Right? Then you use it, then it may not work. But no, I, I think I, you guys get what I'm trying to say. The summary here is that in your arrangement, you must be ready. You must be ready with the word for anything. Sometimes, you know, when we, when we, me, Pastor Femi, Pastor James, and Pastor Jeff, when we are talking, most of our joke some, is even by scripture. Just our joke. When we are talking, joking, talking about something, what we are using to talk to each other is scripture. Eh? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let 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 her enjoy herself. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Time has gone, so I'm trying to to rush, but I, I I feel that this is now where the thing is getting sweet. But it is well. Amen. Amen. Our natural response to the word should be, or our natural response to everything in life should be by the word. Of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it says, so the 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 aspect of the aspect, this aspect of the word and your disposition to the word is something that again taught well. Hmm? This is actually this is part of what systemic installs. Amen. But let me quickly just say it and then I'll move there. Hopefully, I'll find grace to connect it. So, it says, there is reading the word. There is studying the word. There is meditating on the word. But you will not find, you will not, you will not see prosperity with studying. What you see prosperity with is meditating on the word. Amen. Amen. Now, there is the place of reading. There is the place of studying. There is the place of meditating. <clears throat> For you to be able to meditate, you must have read your Bible. When you are reading it, when you are reading it, something might jump at you. Right? When it jumps at you, meditate on it. When you meditate on it, it will break you into an understanding. When you break into an understanding, you can pray with it. You can also study that understanding further. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, you see that, like I said, reading is mostly assumed. It says, be sh- said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. Say, but thou shalt meditate therein, day and night. Why must you meditate? Say, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there in 
So that here they are trying, they are connecting meditation, right, to doing. Now, doing is by understanding. You can't do something you don't understand. So what I said, the purpose of this meditation is so that you can have an understanding. So that next time you go back to read, you have an understanding. There's something God has shown you concerning the scripture. So when you read it again, you read it with understanding. The right way to read scripture is to read scripture with understanding. That's what makes, that's what makes scripture interesting. When you read scripture and you don't have understanding, ah, it can be frustrating. So when you are reading it, I notice that this thing is not, it's not connecting. You know. Just know that what you need is understanding. Start praying for understanding. Then start praying for God to open up the scripture. When God opens up the scripture, what that means is that he will begin to give you understanding. Amen. Amen. It says that you might observe to do all. So you notice that they didn't say here that so that you can study. What you study is what you already know. Amen. Amen. But sometimes the way we study is that we are trying to study so that we can know. Mm. But it doesn't work that way. Because this is, a, this is a spiritual work. If it is by natural uh, you know, understanding, you know, when you go to school, of course, you have to read, study, to understand so you can pass. Right? Even though to some degree that applies here, but you need to know how it works here. The way it works is that you have to actually understand spiritually before you actually study successfully. Right? Now, the reason for study is so that you can show yourself approved unto God. Amen. What does, what does, that, what does that feel like? You know, just trying to teach it milk way. What does that look like when you study because I know that when we quoted, when we are quoting this scripture, one thing we know is that we quote this scripture starting to show themselves approved unto God. Okay, let's read it. Is it um, Timothy? Sorry, is it Timothy? Is it Timothy? I don't know what Titus is coming to my head. Timothy. Um, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So it's verse 7 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Take a little bit of our time, I'll soon, I'll soon end. Amen. Amen. So it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Amen. And when we, when, we, when we read this, 
then you know, how we used to interpret or what, what we see here is simple. That you need to study the scripture so that you can sh- show that I said approval of God. Although we don't understand what that area means, so we skip it. Then the next part that we know is a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Right? Because we believe that if you study your Bible, you know your Bible, you won't be ashamed. You can face any situation. When people ask you questions, you can answer. We believe that. Eh? Says a workman that needed not to a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Said rightly dividing the word of truth, and it is true for you to be able to divide the word rightly. So now, when I say divide the word rightly, is dividing the word. Or let me let me ask us this question: Who knows what it means? What, what the scripture or what what does it mean to divide the word rightly? Any answer? Okay. Any other answer? No answer. Okay. Partly, of course, partly is to get understanding, but understanding based on doctrine. Now, dividing the word is not just carrying scriptures and says, John 3, 16 says this. Um, Isaiah 64 says this. Um, uh, if you go to Matthew 5, it says, uh, it says that, or let me, Matthew 5, uh, when you read it, it says that, um, take no thought for yourself. So therefore, you don't take thought. Remember, in Isaiah 55, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my words are not your thoughts. So you don't take thought so that you can take God's thought. It may look like I divided the word because I was able to link this thought to that thought in Isaiah. But that's not really what dividing is. Dividing is pretty much putting line upon line, precept upon precept, for doctrine. Right? Being able, I would say dividing the word is through scriptures. Being able to bring forth Christ, bring forth milk, bring forth everlasting life. Bring forth eternal life through scriptures and then divide it to make people see. Does that make sense? Right? Which is different from just talking and teaching scriptures. Dividing it is showing patterns and showing the lines, showing doctrine, showing what God has designed for you to see. Dividing it. This is what this, when you read it and you actually get what the scripture is saying, not just literally. But spiritually, that is what it means to divide. Now, to be able to do that, you must have been studying. Now, but how do you study? Or, or to, be, to be sincere, you don't actually divide by just studying. Heaven needs to bring it to you. When they bring it to you, then you can go and study it. Ah, what heaven is saying is true. Right? But I just want us to, to see the attitude of studying in scripture. Is when you study it, what you do is you establish the understanding that God has given you. So for example, you are trying to learn about righteousness. Then you begin to see, the scripture talks about righteousness here. Then in um, Philippi, Philippians, it also talks about righteousness here as well. 
And this righteousness they are talking about actually lines up together because it's the same thing. Then you are studying. Then what's happening? You are establishing your understanding. You are you are rooting it down. You are putting it into your soul so that you are not confused about it. Amen. But you need to be able to. That is what study is for, right? So what you study is what God is revealing to you. Now, what God reveals to you is true meditation. Now, meditation is also a means of communing with God. When you meditate with the word, what you are really doing is you are knocking on heaven's door. Lord, I'm seeking you. The act of a seeker is somebody that meditates. Amen. When you meditate on the word, eh? or let me put it this way, the easiest way now, the easiest way to begin to hear God's word is when you begin to meditate on the word. Begin to meditate on the word. Then let God begin to speak to you. Then you now realize that the way God, you now notice that the way God speaks to you is beginning to line up with the way God speaks to you when talking about scriptures. So the same way God is talking to you, what is telling you in John 3, 60, this is what I'm talking about. That's the same way God will begin to lift up scripture and talk to you concerning things in your life. But if we don't meditate, right? But we are praying to God and find God's will. God, show me. God, show me your will. And you don't have what God can use inside you concerning the word to lead you. How will you hear God's voice? Or, and here's another thing. There are many voices in the spirit. You have the voice of your own spirit. You have the voice of your own soul. You have the voice of your own body. You have the voice of evil spirit. You have the voice of Holy Ghost. You have the voice of Jesus and the Father. Now, imagine. How do I just, see, see all these voices? How do I know who's talking? Right? The, the only safe way is to make sure you are studying your word. I'm not saying because you are studying your word, you, you can't still hear a different voice. But at least, you know, at least you know that you are on the right track. And like I said, everything is process. Gradually, you can pick it little by little. Over time, you become, you have the mastery of God's word. Such that the more God speaks to you, the more God solidifies his speaking to you. Then you can tell God is talking to me. God is talking to me. And as you are doing this, God is instilling faith in your heart towards him, talking to you. You're able to even believe, ah, it is God that is speaking. Then as God begins to work on your nature, then the voice of your own soul and your body begins to die. The first voice that needs to go is the voice of the body. That one is very loud. But that voice can sound like the voice of the Holy Spirit. That voice can sound like God is talking to you, but it is your body. When you now check it, the, 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 the voice of the body does not actually connect spiritual thought. And that's why you have a need only go, so that when only ghost is inside you, you learn the way of the spirit. You can you can have an you can most you, you have a, you have something to tell that is this is your body, not only ghost. How? Your body, the voice of your body connects religion to speak to you. You notice when your body is talking to you most of the time, you notice it is things like, we don't do, ah, 
Is that one even a Christian? Why? Christians don't do things this way. You get? The person might actually be a Christian. But religion has instilled a way inside you. You have agreed, okay, as a Christian, no, you must carry Bible like this. Oh Lord my God, Amen. If you don't read the Bible like that, you don't believe that you have you have read the Bible. If you see somebody now now reading the Bible and saying, Oh now, after the Moses, you'd be like, this person does not have Holy Spirit. What's happening? Your body is speaking. The voice of your body can quickly connect religion ways to speak and you will agree with it because it has installed laws that you believe it is of God so sometimes the voice of your body can speak and that is why we need to pray that God will deliver us from religion because if we don't sometimes religion can speak to us through our body and we think God is speaking to us Amen. amen and also the same way Right, our spirit can speak to us. We can hear the voice of our spirit. How? Through through the same religion as well, your spirit can your because your spirit connects your conscience, right? Or let me put it this way: sometimes what we hear is not even really our spirit. What we hear is our conscience, right? And our conscience is around our heart, which is the deepest part of our soul. And you know that our soul connects our spirit. Right? Because the soul is both spiritual and um, carnal. Because it can connect the body and it can connect the spirit. So the soul is the link between the body and the spirit. Amen. So, we can hear you know, the voice, something that looks like our spirit, which is really much, much our conscience. But the best way to know which one is the voice of God is through the word. Then, there are times you might go through things and it is your spirit that will talk. Your spirit can be right. Sometimes it may be wrong, depending on what has been installed in your nature and your conscience and how, how well you've trained to actually accurately interpret your spirit. Right? Because one of the things is we actually misinterpret our spirit sometimes. And this thing is not something that you get in a day. It's not something you get in a day. How do you have, you have to work, you have to use all that you have learned. This is where I'm trying, I'm going to end. And I think, I, I don't know if I've done justice, but I think I tried. I think I tried. When it comes to studying, reading, and meditating, I think I've tried. How you move is by use. If you don't use anything you have learned, you don't grow in it. So growth is by use. Growth is not by knowing. It's by Now you've known that you need to study to hear the voice of God. If you don't actually begin to start studying, you will not acquire, you will not hear God's voice. Right? You might be hearing voice so Right, the purpose of all this thing is to really train our spirit, our soul, our body. It's all for training. Sometimes you might get it right, sometimes you might get it wrong, and that is why you also have pastors to also guide you. 
right? And then over time, we get mastery. We come into a place where we can easily discern, we can easily know. But you must start using. Now, I'll read Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. And I think that's where we end today. Just to connect. Hebrews 5, verse 14. It says, But strong meat belongeth to them. Well, let me, let me use this way. Let me read from verse 12, because it talked about milk there. It says, For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the principles of the oracles of God, and have become, as, have become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You notice the, what they emphasize here is reason of use. You notice in 13 they said, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, when you read here, you think that they are painting milk bad, but no, they are not. They are just separating two different levels of growth. It says, now, everyone that what useth milk because you must use milk. Now, who uses milk? It is a babe that uses milk. Now, being a babe is not a problem. Just that a babe must grow. Right? Now, how do babies grow? They begin, they begin to use what they learn. Imagine, just look at every baby. When the baby sees something, the first thing that comes to them is they want to test it out. And that's the same attitude we should come into as well. When we hear something, we should what? Test it out. Meaning we should use it. So, everything that we learn in milk, we should what? Practice. So that you know that you know. Amen. So you must use. Now, as we've said that, you know, sincere milk, eh, where you can find it is again. Fully, just follow again. You have sincere milk. But how do you follow again? Make sure that as again is saying, read the Bible this way, read the Bible this way, do exactly as that. If he says, this is how you pray, then learn the way and pray that way. If he says, this is what scripture says about faith, then believe exactly that and begin to use it. Then you now notice that you begin to have growth, measurable growth. Amen. Because most of us, you know, we just like going to church. We don't have any measurable growth. We don't know that, okay, we've practiced this. Now, how do you know you have something? When you practice it, you use it, you become skillful in it. The reason that you use is so that you become skillful. No, just tell me. Does anybody... When, uh, I, I thank God all of us here drive. Imagine when you don't know how to drive and you, you're a learner 
and somebody is training you. Were you skillful in driving? No. How do you become skillful? You begin to practice. You begin to drive. You don't, you don't learn how to drive as a learner and stop driving and think when you come back to drive, you just know how to drive. No. When you drive or you are learning to drive, you find every opportunity to drive so that you can practice your skill, so that your hand can be stable on the road, right? The more you drive, the more your hand will be stable. The more you drive, the more skillful you become. The same applies in the spirit. The more you use what you learn, the more skillful you become. And when you are skillful, you can graduate in the spirit. Amen. Now, I'm not going to talk much about uh, word much, because, like I've said, I think I've uh, pointed us to where we can find good resources. There's a lot that again taught concerning the word and attitude around the word as well, especially you know confessing the word, um, having faith about the word, what God has said concerning the word. Amen. Um, and also concerning prayer, but I think I might I might talk about prayer a bit, um, just for the sake of uh, those that might uh, just want to learn a thing or two concerning prayer. Uh, but I don't think I will stay too much on that because I believe we have resources like Egin um, that we can use. And I think it's actually the best thing to, 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 to use and follow, right? Uh, we should begin to take books from Egin that talks about you know, studying the word and also prayer so that we can practice what is inside there. Amen. Now, nothing you learn in milk is useless. Especially, it is actually better for you in word of righteousness and word of everlasting life. It is, it is upon milk that everything else is built. Amen. So we're going to do that. And I'm going to just talk a little bit because I think, I, I just feel in my heart that we might, we might need to move forward a bit when it comes to this aspect. And I think uh, we, might, we might have a transition between uh, just this scripture, Hebrews 5 and, uh, and Peter talking about the milk, what it is for. Amen. I just, I just felt maybe from Saturday what the Lord is leading us into. Maybe we may not, and I may not really, really talk much. And I think also since September we've been talking a lot actually about the word concerning this aspect. So I feel, I feel that we have actually, 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 actually excavated this area a lot compared. I don't think we've talked much about prayer even last year as well, but. Um, I'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll, we'll move forward from there. So, I'll just point us to Egin, which is you know, the best sincere make you can, you can have. And you know, learn it. I think the attitude I, I would just want us to pick up is the attitude of use. And I don't know, I don't know if I was able to paint it well, but we need to pay attention to the use, 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 use. Using it is what builds you, is what makes you, is what sets what you are learning in you. And when you have that nature, a whole lot of things can then rest on it in the spirit. And it becomes a whole lot easier when we are translating into righteousness. To be able to respond as we are hearing it, we'll be able to respond because we'll learn how to use things. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Any question today? Before, before I, I end? I think so maybe I should ask. I don't know if there's any question. 
but uh, I think I was like 30, 30 minutes over today, so not too much. But I really tried to keep the time. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. Give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for your mercy. So we are exalted in Jesus' name. We thank you for your mercy tonight. Even to show us ways, ways concerning your word. The need to meditate, the need to study, the need to read. Even the need to desire the sincere milk of the word. The need to desire the sincere milk. Thank you, Father. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the help you've given us to access your word tonight. We say be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Father, as we go, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to develop the attitude to, to begin to use all that you are teaching us in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to respond to you accurately, in, even in these areas that you are teaching us in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. Thank you, our Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.